This is a podcast. Wow, you're really you're really taking am this I, one. Am I taking it or or what? You know, I just didn't really have anything, and <laughs> really, I just wanted people to know that this is a podcast. This is, did you where, guys know? Hey, did you guys know? I don't think they did, but this I'm going to remind them. It's a podcast. A podcast. Where we play. Where we play. Dungeons and Dragons. Hello, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons and Dragons adventure for all ages, as long as you're cool with violence. Yeah. But not, you know, gratuitous, gory violence. Just enough that you know it's there. Yeah. You should know it's there. Saul is in this podcast, but right now, Saul is not with me. Not today, son. I am with a friend of mine. And your name is? It's Felicia today. Fel- <laughs> what is it the rest of the time? Mm, it changes sometimes. Sometimes oh. I'm Felicia, sometimes I'm not, you know? Okay, okay. Uh, who do you play? I play Misk. Mm, Misk. You know, that tiefling bard. Yeah, you know, just barding. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so uh, you ready to play some D&D? Yes. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. No, please. Alan's not here. I know, but in I gotta keep him in there. We already said Jeremy. <sighs> we said Alan. Now Jeffrey. This is a podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to roll, roll this large twenty sided die. Oh. You did that last time. This is a two. Two is not good. I've been rolling for poops lately. Mm, me too. Mm, I mean on the big D twenty. I've been rolling fine the rest of the time. Yeah. You have not. No. Not always. Anyhow, <laughs> what happened last time on Make Believe Heroes? We began the episode with a look back at Misk on the night between the fifth and the sixth day of the festival, where she met with the Shiv and Braxton Tarek, discovering that they have some sort of a business going on together. Not happy about it. She was not happy about it. She was, however, strong-armed, you could say, into agreeing to perform and sing in the parade on the last day of the festival, right as the sun is setting, as Braxton put it, a much-needed distraction for the people of Branshire during these difficult times. Then we go back to the story with our other three adventurers. They're in Branshire, not knowing that they are just a short walk away from Misk. Just across town. That is so sad. There she is. Who knows where, but they don't run into her. No, they do not. Instead, they headed back into town looking for Lelia. First, they set out to find the booth that she'd been running, but upon not finding her there, they decided to go check out the Barley Barrel, place where she often works. And then they got into some trouble of their own making. Uh, Saul almost kills someone. And then they met with Zahn, distraught, upset, not sure what's going to happen, afraid that they might have messed up their chances of discovering what's truly going on in Branchyar. They devised a plan and headed back toward the first house, the house of the mayor, Braxton Tarek, where they were going to partake in some supper. But we're not going to talk about any supper right now. Instead, we're going to go to the second house. They're in the core of Branchyar. There's a small room on the second floor where our favorite tiefling bard has just awoken from a good night's sleep. 
That's how she wakes up. She, oh. She stretches. I see. It's a new day. She's happy a little. Kind of in between. She's not really happy. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure she's not really happy. But she's kind of happy. Why? She gets to leave the house. She's excited about going out. So Whoop. that is definitely going to happen today, right? And better. If she don't get to leave the house, <laughs> Littlefoot's getting it. Littlefoot. Remember that halfling standing outside the door? Was his name Littlefoot? No, I just named him. Oh, I named okay. him the little guy, but I, I changed it to Littlefoot. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, you get up, you know, do whatever you do for your morning ritual, and then you check the door, and there is no guard at the door. Yeah. Uh, not even troll. No Good. one is there. I didn't want to see her anyways. But you do smell something coming down the hallway. Hmm. Farts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> not farts. You just had to say that after I said, hmm. <laughs> yes. It was a, no, you smell the tantalizing scent of bacon, eggs, breakfast just being cooked up. Breakfast. So do you head down to check out what's going on? Yes. In the She's so I'm super hungry. Okay. I'm like starved. All right. You have gotten dressed, gotten ready, and you head outside your room. And you head downstairs looking for the breakfast. Woo! Sorry. She gets really excited when she smells breakfast. Yeah, apparently, apparently, Miss is just super chipper today. <laughs> I said breakfast again. Yesterday, she was like... Yesterday, she was down in the dumps and down, fighting with Troll. Yeah, and struggling, having a rough time, you know. Yeah, weird headache spikes going on. But now she's fine. So she goes downstairs and she's like, all I needed was bacon. Give me that bacon, bacon. y'all. So you go downstairs. You... Follow your nose <laughs> to the uh, to the kitchen. You notice that for this to be a very large house, uh, where you assume people live and it's you know fancy and all of that, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of staff. You don't see many people. What you would consider quote like servants, you know, people cleaning or anything like that, uh, or anyone just around. You know, so maybe that stands out to you. You you've been in, for example, you've been in the house of the governor of Brightport. And, I mean, there's servants everywhere. There's people just waiting, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's a little strange you're not finding that here. But you easily find your way over toward the kitchens, and there is a dining area set aside. And you see a familiar face sitting there at the table eating his breakfast. Well, 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 look who decided to just wake up and smell the bacon. Good morning, Misk. It is good. It's going to be a good day. I already decided it's going to be a good day. You know. Yes, that's good. I've always heard that you should greet every morning as if it's going to be your last. <laughs> oh, Shiv. He makes me laugh. Well, I'm just trying to be, is it optimistic? Yeah, your best you. Yes, I'm trying to be optimistic. And, you know, since y'all kind of threw that on me last night that I had to perform, you know, I need, I need to get ready for that. And get in that zone. I just, I've just accepted it, and it's gonna be awesome. You know, I do an awesome job. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, that's more like the misc I know. I told you you'd come around eventually, misc. Why don't you have a seat? Get some breakfast. We've got bacon, eggs, anything that you want, really. There are some cooks here, uh, just preparing anything that we need. Orange juice. I believe they have some. Yes. Yeah. So you take a seat. Oh, yeah. Get some breakfast. They supply you with everything that you would need, and it's all very fancy. You know, they've got the forks for this and 
the special plates for the eggs and the bacon, and then they got the little sippy cups, kind of like a teacup, but but like glass, see-through glass for the orange juice, uh, different things. You are eating, the shiv's eating, do you talk? So, um, how's your, how's your bacon? Good, good bacon. They always have the best bacon here in Branchar. Mm-hmm. It's all that farmland, I guess. Speaking of farm, so I got a joke for you. You ever heard a joke? Yes, miss. I'd say that because, you know, your face doesn't really look like you heard a bunch of jokes in your time, but, I mean, that's just me. Anyways, <sighs> not to upset you over your breakfast. Anyways, so what do you call it when a cow jumps over a barbed wire fence? When a cow jumps over a barbed wire fence? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Miss. What do you call it? Utter destruction. <laughs> oh, I've been working on that one all night. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Thanks. That's a good one. Yeah, I have to admit. Well, uh, I, I'm done, and I had to have some business to attend to, as you, I'm sure, could imagine. But I have asked one of our men to accompany you through town, as we discussed. Not as a guard, like I said. I. I I trust you, Misk. I trust that you won't do anything to harm yourself. So I have asked Miles. Do you know Miles? Have you met Miles? Miles? Yes. No. He's one of our wizards on retainer. Oh, great. He's. I think you'll like him. He's He's a good kid. He's going places in the hot feet. But uh, he's supposed to be here any minute, I would have thought, uh, surely. I don't know. I guess he's running a little behind. Uh, anyhow, as he, he, I, I would like to request, if you could, don't cause any trouble, Misk. Me? Yes. I don't cause trouble. Hmm. You know, I want to believe you, but I'm inclined to remember. What was it? Right. You burned down our fight club. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean to laugh at that, but I I do remember that. Just don't do anything to try and leave the city. Uh, let's see. Don't... I know. Get in before, you know, my curfew. Okay, thanks, Dad. Yeah, around dark would probably be good. Really? I really have a curfew? You know. Even with the chaperone? Uh, well, you're right. I'm not your father. I'm just saying don't do anything I wouldn't do. No, that's not good. Let's see. Don't do anything I wouldn't want you to do. Okay, okay, whatever. Okay. I'll be on my best behavior. And let's remember, you do have a show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. About that time, the door like busts open in the back, and a disheveled-looking halfling comes walking in. He has a bunch of papers in his arms. He looks like he has already dropped them at least once, and he is trying to hold them all together as he comes running into the room. Miles, see that you finally made it. Sorry, boss. I just, uh, I, I really tried. I really tried. I just, I just, I just couldn't keep up with all this paperwork. And I just. It's fine. It's fine. Just calm down. Uh, Misk, this is Miles. Oh. Misk. He goes to shake her hand. Whoa. I barely touch his hand. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Why? Wait, you don't what? remember me? Remember you? You are like the best ringleader ever. Like, like you play that loot like it's nobody's business. Uh, who is this dude? Miles, why don't you tell us what you look like? Well, I'm a lightfoot halfling, and I have this extremely pale, like, like imagine a mint green, but paler than that. That's that's my skin. <laughs> okay. It's kind of an odd color skin. Milk-colored skin. No, like pale green. 
Wow. Mint, like mint coach. Just, 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 that's what this, this is Miles, okay? Okay. Wow. And, and his eyes are light blue. Okay. He is the height of three feet and four inches. I see. And he's the age of 32, even though he acts like he's, you know, <laughs> no 16. way. Okay. What about his hair? Like, what's he look like? Well, his hair is kind of spiked up, kind of keep the short on the sides, you mm-hmm. know, and spike up all in the middle. Mm-hmm. And he's always got this, like, educated look about him, mm-hmm. but also, like, he's just this young guy who wants to look smart, but fails at it. Does he wear glasses? No. Okay. He doesn't wear glasses, but he wears, you know, like a nice robe. Sure. Like, a, like, a, like you'd see in an institution or something, like in a college. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Miles, rein it in. Just rein it in. We talked about she, this. She doesn't remember me, boss. Miles, don't take this the wrong way. Why would she remember you? Oh, I'll tell you what, Misk, uh, you remember the other day when we met your, you and your friends out there in the field, you know, all that business. When you took me? When you agreed to come with us? Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you remember the, um, the contract that you signed? Yeah. Miles wrote that contract. What? He writes me. He writes all of our contracts. Like I said, he's a wizard on retainer. Magical contracts, they don't come cheap. So oh my god. Instead we hired a wizard who would take care of all that paperwork for us. Great. You'd be surprised how often we need a blood contract. Anyhow, listen, I do have an appointment. I'm gonna have to go. Miles, uh, like we said, just stick with Misk. 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 I'm not gonna do anything. I'm on my best behavior. I'm be back before dark. Blah blah blah. Don't lose him. Don't lose him. So I'm babysitting. He gets up and he's walking toward the door. Shiv, really? You're going to leave me with this kid? Uh, Real quickly, Misk, one more thing before I go. You know that little trick you always used to do when we first met? You know, with the blonde hair, the blue eyes, all of that? Yeah, I remember. While you're in town, you know, there are a number of people who know your face at this (laughs) point. Yeah. After the whole events with the burning house or whatever. Why don't you put on a face while you're in town? So what are you thinking? Blonde hair, blue eyes again? Or Honestly, you... I don't care. Just disguise yourself. Okay. So she um, goes back to that look that she always used in Brightport. Right, the same woman. The blonde hair, blue eyes. Her outfit, she's just going to keep on the same thing Misk has on mm-hmm. with the cloak and the outfit, whatever. Okay. Um, blonde hair, blue eyed girl. Yes, that's much better. Anyhow, I'll see you tonight for supper, miss. Oh, my gosh. Better bring orange juice. Have a good day. And he leaves. So, um, what's your name again? Miles. Miles Maywood. Miles May... What? Maywood? Maywood, yeah. Uh, So, uh, are you done eating breakfast? Because we got to go. I haven't gotten anything. I've been up all morning working well, on this paper. Well, grab something. Okay. Real quick. Hurry. Okay. Um, um, and so I, I go ahead and I grab like a plate just full of bacon. Yeah, there's plenty of bacon, eggs. Just, like bacon only. Oh, just bacon. Bacon only. You take it with you? And I like the like charcoal, like the dark bacon. Just like the, <laughs> like the, the, the kind of like the good. medium rare bacon. Okay. So you want it to be like floppy. Yeah. Floppy okay, bacon. Yeah. Floppy bacon. Wow, Miles. You, uh. Yeah, let's let's go. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So the two of you finish up. You head out the uh, doorway into the hall, out of the little dining area where you're sitting. You make your way back through the house and then out the front door. 
You walk out into what you expected to be a nice, sunny, beautiful day. That's all you've seen so far around this area in Branshire. But as you step out, you notice that it's kind of cloudy. Wow. Dreary, you might say. Nope, this weather ain't going to keep me down. Nope, Miles, we're going to be happy about this cloudy weather. How do? What do you think about this cloudy weather, Miles? You like it? You know, my... Uh, 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 think about your words, man. We're going to be happy today. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. This is just Felicia <laughs> being mean to Mason for an hour. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, Miles, tell me about yourself as we're walking. Well, I'm one of your biggest fans. The, the ship told me all about you and just how awesome you are. Huh. And, I mean, he did tell me you were going to be using the Blood contract, which I was kind of like, you know, iffy about just because all the good things he told me about you. But, you know, I, th- I think you're an awesome person. Wow. Hmm. You know. I think I might have had a little bit of a wrong uh, vibe from you. I think we're going to get along just fine. Think so? Yeah, I mean, you think I'm awesome, so that's it's already so good. Anyway, so what did he tell you about me? Hmm? Uh, just that you were great and that you were at one time like a daughter to him. And I, I should probably stop there before I get into too deep of you know personal things. Me and the Shiv can get pretty close at times, and it's almost like he's been a—it's almost like he's been a father to me for the past little bit. And I just—can we, can we please move to something else? So when <laughs> when he said that about Shiv saying that I was like a daughter to Shiv, Miss mm-hmm. really like that really. What's the word? Got gotcha. you. It really got now. her. Anyways, um, let's not. Uh, you know my loot really needs to be tuned up, so let's all, let's head over somewhere to get it tuned up. Okay, so the two of you make your way across the core where there's basically nothing going on, and you head through the gate toward Circle Street, where lies everything going on in Branshire. Every building, every business in this town is on Circle Street in some place. But right now, it is already very congested. It's pretty early in the morning. You know, it's not daybreak or anything. It's probably, I don't know, somewhere around 9 o'clock in the morning or so. And everyone is already starting to fill the streets. It's not as warm as it has been. It's not cold, obviously. I mean, it's the middle of summer. Just one day away now from the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. But it is cooler than you would expect, probably because of the gust that's blowing. Not a strong gust. It's just a little windy. And with the sun hiding behind the clouds, you know, you just get that a little bit of a chill. You know what I'm saying? So you guys head in Circle Street, and you're looking for what? Some sort of a shop? Some sort of music shop, I guess? Well, she said she wants her loot tuned, but really she just wants to... Well, she knows that when her loot is very tuned. Like, she's good at hearing it. She's played it enough to know. So sure. she's trying to get somewhere, not exactly a music place, but somewhere where my, she might be able to talk to some people. I don't know. Okay. See if she can find any information that's going on in the town or what Shiv might be up to, even though people don't know he's up to something, if that makes sense. Okay, so what exactly are you looking for? A place where a bunch of people are. You're in the middle of a street that is flooded with people. So are you looking well, for... Well, I want to go to like a shop because I told okay. him my loot needs to... I understand. Okay. Okay. So you're just sort of walking around town. Um, you see lots and lots of booths. And by now, the streets are filling up to where getting through can be a little bit of a pain. 
especially at certain places, certain points. If you go in the direction toward the Barley Barrel, the inn where you guys went and stayed there on the first day, if you remember, it is packed. There are lots of people already trying to get in over there. I don't know why. Maybe it's the food, maybe it's the drink, who knows. That place is packed out. But you see a number of booths set up. You know, you see weapons. You see people selling, like, swords and daggers and shields. You see people selling exotic clothes. You see people selling jewelry. You know, just the sort of thing you would imagine that you would see at, like, a big bazaar. That's kind of what this is. It's just like a big open-air bazaar all the way across, all the way around Circle Street, just in a massive arc. Um, but you do see, let's see, why don't you roll me a perception check? Okay, so your perception is a plus two. So I got a 20. All right. 30, 20. Excellent. So that's pretty good. Hmm. You're looking for something, something interesting, or some place where you might be able to get something tuned. You don't find that. You don't come across what looks like a music shop or anything like that. You see a number of different places, but you keep walking. Nothing has really stood out to you yet. You're looking for maybe someone selling lutes or anything, you know, musical. You do spot this one booth. It's weird. It's like everything's kind of been open air, right? But then you see this one, and it's it's like a tent, like a small tent set up on the left side of the street. It is shrouded in these thick black and purple curtains, like these big linens. It's hiding anything that's inside. The only thing that you see is a small sign above the opening, which is literally just a curtain hanging closed. Uh, and the sign above it just says secrets in a flowing script. Hmm. So, Miles, what do you think about that place over there? That place looks really secretive. <laughs> <laughs> we should check it out. Are you, are you up for it? I like secrets. I like to, I mean, I know a lot of secrets Okay, myself, well, well, but... stick with me. Wait, you know a lot of secrets? No. Hmm. I will come back to that, Miles. Let's, Let's go, go in. inside. <laughs> so... <laughs> So as you're walking toward, this is about the time that you begin to notice that it's starting to drizzle. Oh, great. I didn't bring my coat. Well, I pull up my cloak over mm-hmm. my head. I don't think I have anything he can put on. No, probably not with you. Your special cloak? Your special shiny black cloak? Yes. Okay, you pull it up over your head and you all press through the crowd heading toward this strange looking tent. You walk forward. You approach the door. I'll say the door. It's a doorway. It's a curtain. And you just sort of reach in. You can just pull it aside and step in. Inside, it is dark, obviously. There's these thick curtains that are lining this tent. And so there's no sunlight coming in. But there are a number of these little lanterns hanging around. And they seem to be glowing different colors. Not not like changing colors. There's one over here that's red. One over here that's got a purplish light. One over here that's more yellow. One over in the back that's orange. One that's blue. It gives the room a sort of ethereal kind of view, you know what I mean? But you see around the circumference inside this tent, you see mannequins set up. Oh, gosh. Yep, creepy mannequins. They have, you know, full features. Some are very short. Some are tall. You know, all shapes and sizes. You see robes on them. You see one wearing like a chest plate. Well, not like a heavy armor chest plate, but like a leather sort of armored chest plate. You see... One over in the back that's got on uh, what looks like some sort of a, uh, I said robes before, but that was just like, um, when I say that, I mean like fancy robes. You see one in the back that looks like wizard's robes, the nicest wizard robes. You see one over here that looks like it's woven from some sort of leather. Just a very diverse sort of clothing 
situation all around on these mannequins. You don't see signs up with prices or anything like that. And then in the very back, you see what looks like some sort of a glass case set up with, you see orbs, you see wands, you see different magical implements and things like that. And you also see, Misk, uh, a lute in the back. Ooh. Along with a couple other s- small instruments, like what looks like a wood carven flute. You see a lute, you see like a small drum. And in the middle of this room, there is a table. Looks like a very small circular table with a chair in front of it and a chair behind it. And there's no one sitting at the table. And at first glance, you don't see anyone in the room. Hmm. So, Miles, this place is super weird. But yeah. I really like that loot back there. I seen that. I'm going to go to the loot. Okay. So you go to the back. It's inside of a glass case. So you can't, like, get it out and mess with it or try it out or anything like that but you can see it it looks very old wow this is this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen yeah it's got a reddish tint to it almost like maybe it was carved from like a cherry wood or something mahogany Mm. (laughs) mahogany mahogany (laughs) huh i don't see anybody working in here hello is anyone in here You don't hear anyone. But you do notice, right, as you're saying that, on that same glass case that you're looking at, you see a little bell. Not like one that you would hit, like on a countertop. It's just a little bell with a little handle that you could ring. I grab it. Okay. Miles, don't do that. But you want to see the lute, right? And I want to hear you play it. Okay, well, just do it really quick. Don't do it. I don't know what that thing does. So I ring it really, really fast, but really, really loud. Okay. You ring it really quick and then stop it. Right after you ring it, you hear someone from behind what sounds like a bunch of cloth, you know. Just a minute. Oh, no. Just one moment, please. Okay. No one comes immediately, and you're just still looking at the glass case. You're looking at the loot, and uh, roll me another perception check. Actually, both of you can roll me a perception check. I got a 14. Okay. Okay. I got a 17. Okay, so you both notice something strange. There's plenty of light over top of this glass case. These uh, various lanterns are really bright in this area, probably because the shopkeeper wants you to be able to see everything. Do you notice something? Miles, you notice it first because you're closer to it. Because Misk is over here looking at the loot specifically. On the opposite end of the glass case, on the left side, you see something very weird. You see this little glass vial. It's um, you know it's short and squat. It almost looks like an inkwell. You know what I mean? And it looks like there might be ink in it, or there's some sort of a viscous black liquid. And it's moving. And when I say it's moving, I don't mean it's sloshing around. I mean, it is gyrating inside of this little glass vial, and it's beginning to scoot to the right closer to Misk. Uh, Misk, you turn right as Miles begins to say something, and you notice the same thing. What in the world is that? We need to stop this before it breaks. So, Misk is going to... What? <laughs> I was about to say she would pick it up, but I don't think Misk so is it would. Inside? It's inside. Yeah, you can't get to it. It's in the It's glass in the glass case. case, yes. Excuse me! Misk is going to step back, and she's going to put her hand on Miles, like his chest, and push him back with her. Like, Miles, we need to 
Get away from that. You step back, and instead of the vial moving to the right toward where you were, it begins to move forward on its shelf toward where you are. Oh, snap. It almost looks like it has these little spiky tendrils that are just, like, flecking toward the front of the glass. Making it move toward it. Mm-hmm. Miles, we need to get out of this place. I don't care about the loot. I know you want to hear me play it, but we need to get out of here now. At that moment, a flap opens to the left of where you're standing, and this halfling woman comes rushing out towards you all, and she says, please, step back. And she quickly rushes over. She pulls a key from her waist. She opens up the glass case, and she reaches in, and she grabs the vial, and she's holding it and looking at it, and she says, did either of you look at this or touch it in any way? Uh, I may have glanced at it. What did you do? Have you cast any spells on this? No. It it started coming at me. You must tell me right this moment if either of you have in any way influenced this specific vial. Not at all. Listen, ma'am. It was sitting there, and I was looking at the loot. I'm very interested in the loot. Okay. And it started... Let's put a pause on the loot. Perhaps I could make a deal for you and sell it, but first we have to take care of the pressing matter at hand, and that is that... It seems that whatever this is, it's quite interested in you, my dear. Well, it needs to get uninterested. She steps closer to you and she reaches a hand out and she places it on your elbow. Oh my gosh, get the thing off me. Hey. She reaches her other hand towards you. The other hand that is holding the vial. And it's still in the vial. It's still corked. She's got a good grip on it. But as she holds it towards you, it plasters itself against the front of the vial. And... Something weird happens. Your cloak pulls up and touches it. Hello, MBH fans. MBH friends. Make-believe friends. Make-believe fans. Anyhow, thank you for tuning in again this week to Make-Believe Heroes. I hope that you're enjoying this episode so far as we take a look back at what exactly has been going on with Misk during this, the sixth day of the festival. Early on into this season, we talked about it and decided that we wanted to try and do some different things with the whole setup and delivery of the season. Just the way that it's compacted into seven days in game time. We thought it would be cool and fun to split things up a little bit, you know, show things from different perspectives throughout this final portion of the season. So... If you may notice, things sound a little weird. I'm listening to this right now in my ears. I'm thinking, wow, my voice sounds strange. That would be due to the fact that I am actually on vacation with my family for spring break. A big family vacation that we go on every year. I'm recording in this room in our cabin. And unfortunately, we have no internet connection here. So I'm unable to access any internet, even from my phone. It's uh, it's something. Anyhow, no worries. You all should be receiving this bright and early Monday morning as usual. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. We won't be able to read a five-star review today because I cannot pull them up on my phone, on the computer, anything. So uh, please forgive us for that. Don't worry. We'll at least give you two next week to make up for it. Okay? Uh, Let's get down to business. If you have not yet gone to DiceNV.com and bought some new dice for your table, the only question I have for you is, do you not like dice? Because if you do like dice, then there's no reason to not go to DiceEnvy.com right now and use the code HEROES to get 10% off of your order. They have some awesome dice over there. Why not check out their subscription box while you're there? I hear that that is super sweet. They curate a special set of dice each month, and I can't think of a better gift for a gamer 
you know, treat yourself. So go to DiceEnvy.com right now to try that out for yourself and see what all this fuss is really about. I'd also like to mention BattleBards.com, the website that has provided our show with top quality sound effects, background music, soundscapes since the beginning. Sure, we use a lot of sound effects from all over the webs. If you want to see more information on that, you can check out our attribution page. Uh, There's a link to that in every episode in the show notes. So feel free to check that out for details on which BattleBard tracks we've used and which tracks from around the web we have used, as well as the music tracks we use from Filmstro. But if you have been on the fence about adding some of that musical or sound effect flair into your game, go to BattleBards right now and use the code Podcast to get 15% off of BattleBards Prime subscription. Try that bad boy out. It just might change your D&D life forever. Anyhow, I think that is probably plenty for me this week. Oh yeah, I forgot. We broke 100,000 downloads yesterday. Yes, 100,000. Wow. We are so thankful for each of you uh, for downloading the show, for telling your friends, for following us on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and just sharing the love. You guys have made this happen. And honestly, when we started this out, I didn't know if we would ever hit that many downloads. And here we are. Thank you so much for listening to our show, for caring about what we're doing here. You know, we put a lot of work into this, and I can't say how grateful we are and how fulfilling it is to know that this little show that we're making, that we're working so hard on, matters to some of you. So thank you to all of our fans and listeners that go that extra mile to let us know that you appreciate us, that you appreciate the show, and thank you for downloading. If you have not followed us on Twitter, go to Twitter and follow us at Podcast, facebook.com forward slash Podcast, And of course, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever it is that you like to listen to the show and tell a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get right back into the action where we'll meet back with Gretchen and see what's happening over there, my dear. May I ask where you got that beautiful cloak you're wearing? Um, a friend? Hmm, a friend, you say? What is your name, dear? Um... Her name is Misk. Shut up, Miles. Thank you. Uh, Miles. It's oh, my God. Miles, is it? Thank you, Miles. I oh appreciate your God. honesty. My name is Gretchen. I'm the keeper of this shop. It's my own little traveling shop. A bit of everything, if you will. And I purchased, you might say, this vial of something from an interesting person not too long ago and I've had it with me now for a while during my travels uh, as my shop the impressive house of linens all the way in the canopy at Fallen Grove was unfortunately destroyed oh I heard about that yes news has spread both far and wide but here I am and here you are and it would seem that the fates have brought us together what is that Stuff. What is that? Oh, I have many theories, but I don't know. Why did my cloak do that? What do you know about your cloak? Um, I I don't want to tell her. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. There's a little thing called deception checks that you can try to use. But I don't know if I don't want to tell her, but I don't trust her. She's scary. Sure. So I'm going to try to deceive her. Oh, my dear, don't worry. You can trust me. I got it for her. Really? Roll the exception <laughs> check. What is that? The 10 plus 
10 plus 4, 14. Oh, you got a pretty good deception wow, for a that's wizard. good. Oh, really? You bought it for her? And where did you purchase it? It was, it was an heirloom from my family. Oh, well, then you must be intimately knowledgeable about its origins. They are obviously magical. I've seen similar materials. And she reaches down and she picks up one edge of your cloak with her hand. This is almost sheer, but... Hmm... Let me see. And um, roll me a perception check, both of you. I've got a lot of perception checks. Seven. Y'all both. Seven. Yeah, yours is a plus two. Uh, neither of you so notice anything. I got a nine. Hmm, yes, I think there's something special about this cloak. Could you tell me, Miles? He, uh... Remember, didn't you tell me that you just... It was in, it was an heirloom, but, you know, your family didn't really tell you. It was kind of right, right, just right. given to you. It was after my grandmother had right, passed away. Yeah. And it's it's a really touchy subject since it happened so shortly ago. And <laughs> yeah, it was sad. Oh, I see. What he told I me see. about it. Yes. Well, would you mind if I took a look? How about we look at that loot? I'll make you a deal. You let me examine this cloak. Hmm. I want to do anything to it. I just want to see it and... You know, just feel the fabric and see if I can't ascertain anything about its true origin. And then I will let you have the loot free of charge. So, Misk is like really looking at Miles and looking at Gretchen and looking at the loot. There's a, there's a lot of, it's like Alan would say. There's a lot of The looking. camera's going, choo, choo, yeah. choo, choo. Mm-hmm. Listen, Gretchen, I love yes. the loot. Oh, it's wonderful. But... I love this cloak more. Oh, I can only imagine it is of great sentimental value as a gift from your beloved. And the only way you're checking it out is if it does not leave my person. By the way, when she said beloved, she was talking about my. I know. I just overlooked <laughs> okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Miss just overlooked it. She's going to let her think whatever. I want to send the uh, message, Cantrip. Okay. I want to send it to Miss and okay. say, I don't trust her. I see the look in her eyes. We must go. Beep, beep. Hey, I'm getting a message. Okay. <laughs> you, you hear that whispered in your ear. She can't hear it. She, like, slaps me. Okay. <laughs> How about this? I won't take it. You can keep it on. Just let me look at it in a bit better light and, and examine it. I don't have to take it from you. And I will give you this loot free of charge. And you may not know, but this loot was actually carved from the heart of a cherry tree Deep in the forests of Fallen Grove, it has innate magical properties. I've heard that it even makes spells slightly stronger. You do look a bit like a bard to me. Hmm. She's really selling it. <laughs> Let's see the loot first. Yeah. Sure. She swoops over, grabs the loot, and brings it out, and she kind of holds it out to you like fancily with one hand on the neck and sweeping her hand down the body of the loot. This is... One of my most favorite pieces in our musical collection. Like I said, it was carved from the heart of a cherry tree in Fallen Grove. They say one that may have been grown from a seed by Atonia herself. So I take it from her and okay. I hold it like a, like a precious baby. Okay. And I, I turn on the spot, like pivot, mm-hmm. and just just outstretch and give it to Misk. Okay. And say, here, oh my try it out. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, you're the worst. Uh, so Misk... Takes it very slowly, and she starts to play. Okay. Very like she hasn't played in a while. Sure. Past week or so has been a little hectic, and she hasn't got to play any. 
And so when she's playing, it's a little scratchy at first. And then she just closed her eyes and starts playing Trees of Monumi. Okay. Miles is just swaying. On the Trees of Monumi's tree, Luke. Ooh, yes. ooh, it's trees on trees on trees. Yes. Um, yeah, it feels incredibly comfortable. And as you're playing it, you can almost feel that bardic resonance, like that musical magic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just feels right in your hands. At that moment, Gretchen reaches forward and she grabs the strings and there's a little... <clears throat> what do you think? Uh, I think it's great. Do we have a deal? Can I examine your cloak? Misk is going to hand the loot, not looking at Miles, but hand it to Miles. She's going to grab her cloak on the edge and hold up about, I don't know, like a foot of it, just kind of between both of her hands. I don't know how to say it, but like hold it between her hands, just a piece of it, and say Mm -hmm. you can look at this. And she's going to hold it while she looks at it. Like she's not going to let it go. My dear, I'm not going to strip the cloak off of you right here in the middle of my shop. I just simply want to examine it. So here, let me see. And she takes both hands and she rubs them across the material on one side. And then she feels it between her hands. And then she says, if you wouldn't mind, just kneel down just a bit. And she kind of pulls you down and she reaches up and she feels of the hood. She pulls the hood back and she looks at it. And she particularly takes note of the seam around the hood. She's running her hand across it, running her hand across it, and then she stops. Where did you say, again, you got this? From a shop called Nunya. So we got the loot. You looked at it. Yes. Yes, a deal is a deal. So what did you uh, see? Oh, nothing of importance. Oh, come on. I did tell a uh, gentleman that I purchased this vial from did promise him if I ever discovered what it was, I would tell him. And I'm still not sure, but hmm, I have an idea. What is your idea? Oh, nothing, as I said before. Um, the loot is yours, as promised. Is there anything else that has taken your fancy here? Anything you'd like to look at? So, could I try to... It's going to be bad, because if it fails, it's going to be bad. Okay. But I was going to think about charm personing her so okay. she would tell me what she found out. You can try to charm her. So she has to roll a uh, charisma saving throw or a wisdom. Yeah, it's wisdom. Okay. She succeeds her wisdom saving throw. Your DC is a 13? Yes. Yeah. She, I mean, she got a 14 on the dice. So mm. what do you say to try and charm her? So Gretchen... Uh... You know, let me know what you're thinking about this uh, here uh, cloaky. You know what I'm saying? Like, help a sister out. My dear, you can't charm a charmer. Hmm. I think that our business here is concluded, unless you're interested in selling me that nice cloak you have. (laughs) No, I ain't doing that. Well, you can take the loot. That was the agreement. Yeah. Miles, are you done here? I want to try to detect magic on the loot. You want to detect magic on the loot? Being a learned wizard, mm-hmm. I want to be able to see if I can like pick out if there's any like no bueno magic. Oh, okay. You want to make sure it's not cursed. Right, right, right. Sure. You cast detect magic, and uh, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. You can tell that there are a number of items inside this shop that have some sort of latent or non-latent magical abilities, 
and you can see a faint aura around this loot, but it doesn't look like anything, you know, volatile. It looks like a plain magic item. <laughs> it's plain as a magic item can be. Understood. Yeah, you don't sense any danger coming from it, any sort of curse. Do you by chance have any, like, magic pens or pencils or anything of the sort? Mm, no, I don't think I do, but I would be interested in purchasing some if you come across any. I'll keep my eye out. Thank you. Well, this has been quite the interesting exchange, hasn't it? Perhaps we shall meet again before you exit from the festival? I'll see what I can do. Maybe you can, uh, you know, change your mind about letting me in on that secret. What do you mean? Well, you know, you know you're not telling me what you found out. Oh, well, nothing that you should be concerned about. <laughs> Just... Take good care of that. I will. It is precious, isn't it? Yeah. So I go out and I just kind of hold open the flap. And I exit. Good day to you. Good Good day day to you. You guys go back out into the pouring rain. It is now coming an actual flood. Wow. How am I going to get the loot? You know, throw your cloak over it. So, Miles, we should have bought you a jacket in there or something. Like I know, a cloak. I, didn't, I didn't think about it. I, I kind of got the you know the feel from the rain outside that it's going to kind of quit, but now it's just torrential. Yeah. Yep. You guys look for some shelter from the rain. Let's run over there to that. What is it? Barley Barrel. Uh, you're on the other side of town. Dang it. Yeah, but there are plenty of little roofs and shops and places. There's you actually see what looks like maybe another restaurant just up the way. Let's go over there. Yeah, I like it. Let's go. All right, you go inside. It's just like a small sort of diner. There are people sitting in there eating. Not as many people, nearly as what you saw at the Barley Barrel, but you're able to get in, and there's no seating right now, but there is standing room for you guys to stay out of the rain and stand there for a bit. Do I know anyone who's inside? No, you look around, you don't see anybody that you know. Are you hungry, Miles? Well, after that plate of bacon, I'm still kind of, you know, I'm so much sodium, you know, I'm trying to kind of watch my intake. I just want something to drink. That's all I want. Okay, let's go over here and get a drink. All right, there's like a bar set up, not like a bar bar, but you know, like a bar there where the someone taking orders on the other side. And there are a couple of stools that just opened up so you two can sit down there. You have a seat, you order some basic meals. You know, nothing, this place doesn't have anything fancy, just sort of standard run of the mill, get some grub and go sort of deal. But they do have some mead. So do you get some mead, maybe some, mead. some food, and you guys can sit there for a bit, dry off, and hope that the rain passes a little. Can I do a perception check to see... Like, who who might be in there? You know, Misk is, she knows she's stuck with Shiv and all that stuff and Miles, but she's not really trying to get away. But if she got a view of family or, like, home, you know what I'm saying? Well, you don't have to roll a perception check. There's no one in here that you know. There's no one in this building that you would know. You see halflings, but they look like probably local fare. You don't see any hot feet. You don't see anyone that's of any consequence to you. Neither does Miles. It's just a strange assortment of people, probably here for the festival, a few locals, things like that. So, Miles. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about this blood contract. You mean the one I wrote? That's the one. You know, the one that, like, doomed me for the rest of my life. Why did he make you sign that, by the way? I don't know. Listen, the Shiv has weird ways of dealing with things, first of all, but also he... Uh, you know, hates my guts. 
but he likes me at the same time. It's a very odd relationship we have going on here. But, you know, whatever. What would he have against you? <laughs> you didn't hear about the big fire in well, Brightport? I always figured it was an accident. Like, you know, uh, you burned down my, you know. You burned down my family? No, it wasn't like that, man. I found out who he was. He lied to me, and I wasn't going to stand for it. And me and Kjorg had to, and she stops when she says Kjorg, because she hadn't really thought about the guys. Yeah. So when she says Kjorg, she kind of just stops a second and looks down at her food. Mm-hmm. Who's Kjorg, Misk? Good, good friend of mine. We, uh, we met back in Brockport, you know, right around the time I was hanging out with the Shiv and all that. Was he one of your companions that you had when the Shiv picked you up? Yeah. You know, the big guy, the Shiv fault? Like the one chopping down trees? Oh, yeah. That's the one. Oh, gotcha. Jorg's always got some of the craziest ideas, but they work, usually. Yeah, he kind of took out Phil, and that just, Phil was, he was kind of close, but, you know, casualties of war, I guess. She puts her hand on Miles' shoulder. I'm really sorry about Phil. But Phil sucked, and he, he deserved everything that he got. <laughs> she just kind of, she wants to know, let Miles know, you know, she's not heartless. And he knows that anyways, but whatever. Anyways, yeah, me and Kjorg had to get out of there, and, you know, before you knew it, I was throwing fire. And here we go. And we had to get out of there. And I didn't really mean to make such a mess, but it just kind of happened. I mean, they were going to kill me and Kjorg. Kill you? Yeah. Why would the Shiv want to kill you? <laughs> Why wouldn't he want to kill me? I didn't do what he told me to do. I mean, I can see like a blood contract for that, but totally killing somebody? He wouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, Miles. How long have you known the Shiv? Um, I'd say about a year. A few, you know, a few months back, we kind of got acquainted through some of his, uh, some of his workers, and they got me in here doing these uh, gigs and. Writing, you know, spell papers and, you know, doing some of the things I've learned in the School of Illusion over in Benthaven. Well, I don't know how to put this, Miles. Shiv isn't who you think he is. And I think you've picked up on that. You're a smart kid. You know this. Yeah. It kind of makes a little sense. Is there any way to get rid of a blood contract? I mean, you have to fulfill what the contract says or the one who who is, you know, writing the contract, has to relieve you from the contract. There's not really a a, a surefire way to get out unharmed. There's no way around it. Not without, you know, devastating consequences. I didn't think there was a way around it, but I was being optimistic. (laughs) This day, I've been trying to be optimistic, and and we met a Gretchen, whatever Mm. you want to call her type. And it poured the rain. And now we're here. Hey, don't get down, Misk. (sighs) You notice that the rain is still coming down, but it is significantly lighter now. It's a little heavier than a drizzle, but nowhere near the downpour it was before. Is the sun coming out? No. Well, Miles, is there anywhere else you want to go in the town? You get to pick. Me? Yeah. I'm I'm your, you know, chaperone. Uh, You're not my chaperone, and I'm not your baby that you get to babysit. We're friends. You'd want to be my friend, right? Yeah. I mean, I really do. Well, 
take where you want to go. Let's Mama go. Mom starts sweating, just <laughs> sweat, just pouring <laughs> off of his body. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, let's calm down. Honestly, I think we could just go somewhere where we could hear some live music and just let you try out that loot a little bit. I'd, you know. That sounds like a great idea. And Miss grabs her drink and chugs the orange juice, sets it on the counter, and she's like, let's go. We need to do something fun. Miles leaves his, like, three-quarter way full mead on the counter and just gets <laughs> up. I know just a place. Let's head to the Barley Barrel. All right, I'll beat you there. What? And we just run, I guess. Yeah, let's take off. So you guys head back out on the street. You make your way toward the Barley Barrel. It is very packed. But, Misk, with your smooth talking, you're able to make your way into the door. You find someone, one of the waiters, and tell them that you're a bard and that you're interested in playing a little music, maybe make a little gold, you know, from... Oh, you know, yeah. People get, usually give gold. Anyhow, uh, a few moments later, Boren Barley comes up, the keeper of the bar, who you remember, but he does not recognize you in your human disguise. You talk to him, he agrees to let you sing, and... Misk sings a couple of songs she used to do around Brightport, probably ones that you would have heard before, Miles, for sure. She runs through Trees of Monumi, a couple other good ones that she knows, and you can tell that she's really starting to loosen up and uh, also probably just totally fangirling out over there the whole time. Most definitely. Okay, I was going to say, nods don't register. (laughs) He nodded. (laughs) So you guys spend a couple hours, a few hours there, really, uh, you know, and by now it's getting around noon time. I mean, you guys have not been out for very long, maybe a little afternoon, and you all head out back out into the town, maybe stop by a couple more shops, spend a little bit more time out in the city. And then as the day goes on, you begin to make your way back toward the second house for supper. Little did you know, as Misk was coming out, had she just stuck around just a little bit longer, then maybe she would have run into some familiar faces. Wow, that is so sad, Paul. You get back to the second house. There is a large dinner prepared. You're feeling not terrible. You've made a friend, Misk. Miles, you've probably had one of the best days you've had in a long time, mm-hmm. if not ever. You all eat. The Shiv asks about the day. Everything went normal. You show him your new loot. He is like, cool. He doesn't know anything about musical instruments or magic, so neither really tend to impress him much. The night is winding down. And the two of you say your goodbyes for the day. And, Miles, you're supposed to be back in the morning to continue your watch. Well, I got to, you know, hit the hay, as they say. <laughs> that rhymed. You could be a bard. I have no musical ability at all. What? Yeah. Dude, you know some... Let, let me see that loop for a second. Uh, okay. I hand it over. I grab it and I just kind of, like, like, aimlessly put my fingers on there and just kind of, like... Hold on, hold on. You're you're doing that wrong. So she grabs his hand mm-hmm. around the fritz. He freezes. And, and <laughs> she like sweat is just pouring. She on. moves his hand so he's making an easy chord and she says, Okay, now you strum like this. Easy. Okay, can you do that? And then she lets go and So I just I just, just kinda strum in. across and like like stare that's, at my hand the entire time. Better. Just kinda like just slowly. That's better. See, you could learn. Maybe you could, I don't know. Maybe I could show you a couple more things tomorrow. You think so? Yeah. All right, all right. Well, I, I, mean, just, I need to get to bed. out. It's early morning when we get up, so I just, I'll see you. Okay, Miles. See you later. Bye. Miles, 
exits the front door of the second house. It's dark out now. You guys were at dinner for a while talking, uh, you know, just sort of enjoying as good a day as you can have right now. Miss, you're, you're almost starting to come to terms with everything. You know that you want to get back to your friends. You're not giving up, obviously. But, you know, you, you've had a good day, and so you've stopped trying to run away and trying to kill yourself, obviously. And you're keeping an eye out for a way to, to escape, but you've at least let yourself enjoy this day, right? Yes, I was optimistic. And now you're going to be performing tomorrow. You've got a song ready, and uh, it feels good to have that. You turn around, the sun has mostly set. There's just a little bit of a reddish light. And um, right as you're turning to go walk up the steps, you hear a knock at the door. It's kind of late for visitors. Uh, who is it? You step over to the door, and the door opens, and a figure steps in. He is human, older, gray hair. Looks like he's probably in his 50s or something like that. Very Not like built muscular, but you can tell that he has defined features. You know, Looks like the sort of man who does hard physical labor for a living. Uh, hello there. Uh, I'm actually um, I'm looking for someone. Halfling supposed to meet him here. Uh, talk about some business coming up. Yeah, uh, Shiv. He told me. He told me if anyone came to see him, just uh, leave their messages with me, and I'll get back to him. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of wink at him. Okay, uh, deception check. Dang it! That shouldn't be a deception. You're lying. Check. I'm not. Oh dang! I just dropped it like totally, but that's awful. That's an eight, and your deception's a plus seven, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, please don't be in that 20. Did you get a 15? Was it 8 plus 7? So seven? Seven? Yep. Yep. Well, um, hmm. what's your name again? I'm Gretchen. Uh, Gretchen. Well, um, my name is John. I'm trying to find the shiv. I need to talk to him. It's a bit urgent. It's not really a sort of leave a message sort of situation. Is he here? Hmm. Let me go get him. Okay, hold on, John. Um, you got a last name with that? I mean, he knows a lot of people. You think I'm gonna just say John? He's gonna know who yeah, you are? Yeah, I, I know. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's John Varig. Oh, okay. Well, hold yeah. on, John. I'll go get him. Just hold on. Okay. So you turn, you make your way through yeah. the hall back to where you just left the shift, sitting, eating. You step in. He says, mm, "Yes, Misk. Uh, what, what's, what's, what's wrong?" Hey, there's some. I mean, nothing's wrong. Why you always gotta think something's wrong when I just come to talk to you? Fine, okay, yes. What is it? Gotta be free. Some guy at the door, John Varig or something. He's out there standing waiting for you, and he won't tell me what he wants. Uh, I was um, gonna just not bother you, but he won't tell me. No worries. Uh, you just send him on in here. You can head up for the night. I'll see you in the morning. Well, that's not fair. I I was really nice to the guy. I could have said, What's, oh, he's a bad guy. I'm sorry, Misk. What is it that you want from me? I just, I want to sit down here with the grown-ups. Misk. You're sending the kids to bed. That's not fair. Let me ask you a simple question. Do you really want to know everything that I do? Everything that I'm doing? Send Mr. Varig on in. And if you're interested in becoming a real part of this organization, if you're interested in becoming a true hand to the hot feet, then sure, you can sit in. But if things are as I know they are, you should probably head back on upstairs for the night. 
And she turns around and she's like contemplating it on her way to get John Varig. Okay. Hey, uh, John, come with me. Shiv said he's ready for you. Sure, sure. Yeah, lead the way. Um, y- y'all have something to drink, maybe? Do you think I have any, something a little strong, you know, I, I could could do with a little cap on this day? It's been a, it's been a tough sort of day the last few, actually. Really? How come? Oh, uh, you know, just uh, work gets you down. Ah, uh, I know what that is. Yeah, work. You lead him on. <laughs> she hasn't the... worked a day in her life. <laughs> <laughs> you lead him on through the hall and in there. Uh, the shiv is uh, now standing. Uh, hello, John. I assume you have brought news for me. Misk. He gives you a little nod. What do you do? Mm. Well, Mr. John wants a drink. Something, you know, a little stout, you know what I'm saying? She kind of just looks at Shiv, looks at John, and sits down. I see. He turns to one of the servants that are standing there in the kitchen that have been, you know, catering to you all, the few in the kitchen. How about some drinks for me and my two friends? (laughs) Here, here. Here, here. And I think that is where we're going to end this episode. Wow. This is in a bad place right now. Oh, Lord. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that you enjoyed this episode going back and showing what's been going on over on the MISC side of things here on this, the sixth day of the Festival of the Rising Sun. I can't say exactly what's going to happen, but I can say this. You don't want to miss it. So tune in next week as we continue. And hey, thank you and welcome to Miles Maywood, played by... Mason. Mason. Mason has agreed to fill in with a couple of uh, guest appearances lately, and uh, we're very glad to have you on the show, Mason. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. We just might see a little bit more of Miles here in the next few days. Um, Things are heating up, guys. There's only one day left of this festival. How many things could happen in one day, Paul? I mean, come on. You'll have to tune in next week to find out. Thanks for listening. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Adios. Goodbye. Goodbye.